What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Today, we have the great and powerful Whitney Sewell. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of the lessons that he's learned raising capital uh, from private investors as a real estate syndicator. It's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially initially, uh, maybe when they don't have a brand or they don't know the processes to raise capital. Maybe they've read about it, but they haven't really internalized a lot of these important lessons. So today we're talking about his strategies, his tactics, his behaviors when he is out making and forming relationships with potential investors. We also talk about his virtual assistant systems and, and strategies and everything that he does in his business to both run a daily podcast about real estate syndication and his business with which they've acquired about a thousand units uh, within the last, I think, two years or so. Really impressive. Uh, I've known Whitney since he, before he started uh, getting into syndication and his growth in, in the industry has been nothing short of impressive. It's been a great, a lot of fun to watch him. He's got a, a fantastic mission and, and a goal uh, with his business. So certainly applaud him and all his success. And I would love and I will love to continue seeing him succeed in the syndication world. A great pleasure. He's a great guy. A lot of fun to talk to. And uh, yeah, it's this is a fun interview. I really learn a lot from him. So it's a great pro, it's a great pleasure and a privilege uh, being his friend and getting some time to sit down with him on this interview and both ha and, you know, having uh, had dinner with him a, a good number of times and spent a lot of time with him at conferences. Uh, just a lot of fun. Really happy to speak with him on the mics and and get some of his lessons for y'all today. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate syndicator, real estate investor, and a busy professional just like you. I love talking about real estate investing uh, for those who maybe you know need to get started, need to learn those important critical lessons, and we can all go further together. Without any further ado, here we go with Whitney Sewell. Whitney, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. My pleasure. Great to talk with you again. It's been a little while. We only live like two and a half hours away from each other, and I haven't seen you in a little while, so it's great to be talking again. But for the folks who don't know who you are, can you uh, give us a bit of your background? Sure. Um, well, briefly, um, yeah, Whitney Sewell, lifebridgecapital.com. Um, I, I had a background in, in the military, then Kentucky State Police, and, and then and ultimately during that time with, you know, making about $30,000, $35,000 a year is what pushed me into looking for other income, and that's what pushed me into real estate. That was in 2009, and then uh, uh, quickly after that became a federal agent. That's what made us move to Virginia uh, when I started working for the feds. And then, uh, you know, then after being in Roanoke, Virginia for many years is then uh, when I, I finally learned about the syndication business and, and grew from there uh, to where we're at now. But uh, now we're strictly focused on multifamily syndication, large apartment communities, 100 plus units, preferably 150. And and growing as, as fast as we can. We have a, you know, our why is helping families in the adoption process of children. And, and that's a big part of our business. And then you know, my, my wife and I have been through the adoption process three times and, and I know those struggles financially and, and, and just through the process, both uh, very personally. And so, uh, you know, we want to help those families that are, that will also commit to adopting a child. And that's, you know, that's, that's our why behind multifamily syndication. So that's very brief, but uh, you're welcome to ask me anything about it you want. Yeah, you've done, I mean, 
uh, we met a few years ago now and you had the the same thing your your whole purpose i don't want to put words in your mouth but your whole purpose is helping families adopt children and adopting i don't know what number but basically as many children as you possibly can seem to be uh my impression so you know you're doing very well there how many uh to date as we record how many units have you acquired in your syndication business so we have let's see we've been a part of just right at a thousand units now we have, we have 250 under management and then uh, about 700 others that we've partnered on. That's great. That's great. And something that struck me personally, you know, we met, we're both Joe Fairless students to uh, just to inform the listeners. And we met uh, right as you had joined the program. I had been in it a little while and uh, you came to Richmond. We sat down, we talked and then you were off to the races raising money very quickly, successfully, and that impressed me. And I wanted to talk today about working with investors and raising money and what like sets you apart from others and you know, gave you that, I don't want to say early success because you've been investing for about a decade, but in raising money from investors, what do you think you know, separates you from other people who say go to these events, meet with people, and don't succeed at raising money to you? You know, you go to these events and meet people, and then you successfully raise money. It's a very broad question, but you know, let's get into it. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and and so you know, I have noticed that. I have, I've raised the money from investors from every event that I've been to. And, and so, which is, wow. you know, I didn't, I didn't notice that right away. And because, and I went back to, or uh, my business partner and I were talking about, well, you know, you know, am I going to continue going to as many conferences as, as I'm going to now? And so over the last couple of years, I mean, it's like every month I'm going somewhere and sometimes two or three times, two or three weekends in a row. So it's just all over the place every conference I can think of, uh, uh, you know, that I've been to almost. And, and so, you know, that it's a big expense, you know, the time commitment away from family, the hotels, the flights, I mean, the, even just the food, you know, even the Uber. I mean, like this past weekend, I was in Sarasota three days, Sarasota, Florida, at a mastermind. And, it, and I'm just like the, my Uber bills, you know, going here, going there. Go, I mean, <laughs> like, wait a minute, you know. But so we were talking about this and it's like, okay, is this a good use of my time? is this the best use of my time? But then I got to looking back and I thought, okay, well, you know, I've met an investor that's invested in, in, a, you know, up to the deals that, that I've done at every event that I've been to. So I'm like, okay, when I think about it like that, it's pretty worthwhile, you know, going uh, to these events. I, I probably will be more selective, honestly, over this next year, just because of the time commitment away from the family. But it's, you know, it's been worthwhile uh, to, to go to these events. So initially for, for me, you know, before we got into the thought leadership platform and all that, all that, that we're doing now, before that, say like when you and I first met and quickly after that, ultimately it was, uh, there's two things that I think helped set me apart. And one is just being as professional as I can possibly be at all times, no matter what anybody else is doing. Okay. Or no matter how anybody else is, is dressed or how they're behaving or where they're going or any of those things, it's always being as professional as possible. And so, you know, there's, there's people that are watching you all the time, whether you like it or not, or know it or not, you know, they are, you know, and, and you're either going to stand out in a good way or in a not so good way, you know, or you're just going to be part of the crowd. 
And so it's your choice, you know, to stand out at that moment, you know, and, and go with the crowd or, or not. And then outside of that, it would be our why and our mission behind, behind why we're doing what we're doing. And so our why, you know, that's another reason like why your why is so important. And we can get into that if you want, but, but, you know, from the conversations that I have with investors, you know, to, uh, you know, to them remembering me and, and they remember me because of that why. Okay. Because it's very different. It's very different than the last, you know, five conversations at a conference that they had with other sponsors, uh, you know, about multifamily, about operating a business or about why, you know, the market that they're investing in is really good. All those things that they hear from every sponsor, but then they come to me and we're talking about adopting children and, and, and it's like, well, you know, it catches them by surprise a little bit, but they remember it. And so then when, when I follow up with them, which is another very important part of this, but, you know, when we follow up, well, you know, they remember me because of that. Interesting. Okay. So that's definitely true. Your, your why is very unique. And from my perspective, you know, uh, having seen you at these events and known you for a while, you definitely do exude that professional, I don't know, uh, flavor. I, I don't, I'm looking for a word, but uh, I, I, I could see you uh, executing on that. So you definitely have that. I mean, you're, it's, uh, 720 right now and you have a full day of interviews ahead of you and you're wearing a suit you're right on time ready to go looking professional so so i definitely uh, appreciate that and and you know it's in talking with you personally and seeing other people talk to you it also it almost feels like you're you're talking to a cop i mean you were a cop but you're uh <laughs> You're, you keep very strong eye contact. You stay engaged. It's, you know, when you're talking to someone, it's like nobody, nothing else is going on right now. You're not looking around the room. You're not distracted. You're very engaged, uh, which is a difficult thing to do if you're, I don't know, like me. I have a hard time doing that. I just uh, constantly look around, but uh, you're, you're very good with that. As far as, you know, do you... Because the why doesn't always come up when you're talking to people at conferences. So do you bring that up so that you can, I don't know, mention your why? I don't, I don't want to make it seem like uh, you're being, I, I don't know. I don't want to make it seem yeah. like a negative, but do you drive the conversation that way so that you, you can bring up your differentiator? It, it doesn't always come up. I'll say that. And, and honestly, in the beginning, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that this was going to be so beneficial. Like mm -hmm. initially, I didn't realize that it was going to work out this way. And, and so it, you know, it, but it has, and, and it's been a, it has, you know, helped set me apart a little bit, but I didn't know that in the beginning. It doesn't always come up in every conversation, uh, but obviously if I can talk about it, it's something I'm passionate about. My wife is passionate about. And, and so it, it, it comes up, you know, and I, you know, I talk about, you know, well, this, you know, this is, you know, why we're doing what we're doing or, or maybe, you know, they know they, they probably, maybe they've seen me on social media or my family. And so it comes up anyway, or they ask me about, you know, our, our recent daughter that we brought home or, or something like that. And so, you know, we can, I can lead right into, you know, well, this is why we're doing what we're doing. That's great. That's great. And it's working out well for you. Like you said, you've, you've adopted uh, three children and, and, you know, having known you for a little while, you, there have been struggles along the way that, that, you know, we've watched and, and it hasn't, it obviously hasn't been easy from, you know, watching it happen. So you've, uh, you definitely had to work through a lot to make that happen. Uh, now, as far as the process goes of 
bringing these investors, these potential investors you meet at conferences into your process. You know, you said follow-up is very important, of course, absolutely. But, you know, I think a lot of people know that and don't necessarily execute on that or have a system to follow up. So what is your system like to follow up and get those folks interested in your deals, get them on your investor list and, and all of that stuff? I'm sure you have a process for this. Yes, yes. And, and I would say too that this is a process that's like never perfected. Like it's just this continual improvement that has to happen or is always happening. Uh, you know, and so we have a team, you know, I have assistants that are helping me with these things. But, you know, initially, you know, and I would go back to to when you're at this conference, just remember that it's all about that interaction, like you were talking about making that eye contact, making sure you're, you know, it is, it's like that person is the only person in the room. And you, ha- you know, something I had to learn is like, never judge a book by its cover. You do not know who you're speaking to. Absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how they're dressed. It doesn't matter what they look like if their clothes are dirty or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like you do not know who this person is. And, and I've just seen it happen so many times where it's like, well, you know, if you prejudge them, you're thinking, well, you know, they're not going to be an investor. And then, and then mentally you're, you're telling yourself, okay, I'm not really interested in this conversation. And that, that comes out in your body language. It comes out in your eye contact. It comes out in the questions that you ask or that you don't ask, you know, and so if you can not prejudge people and just assume that or treat every person that you meet like they're your next million dollar investor, your conversations are going to be very different. Okay. And so, you know, and I, w- I would say, you know, the eye contact, some of that stuff is from police training and, you know, thousands of, of interviews on the side of the road, you know, with, with other you know, <laughs> yeah. people out of their yeah. car and all those things. However, you know, even watching our mentor, you know, Joe, you know, I remember some, early conferences that I, I was at and I was watching him in a massive room of people. And he's really good at this. Like, I mean, just strictly focused on the person he is speaking to. And even as, as many people that want to speak to him, he is like, he will stand there and talk to that person as long as they want to talk to him. You know? So it's like, he is not trying to get to as many people as possible. Like if this person is engaging and they're having a conversation there, it's like, it's just them two sitting on a couch by themselves in a conference room somewhere. And so, and so I've just tried to, you know, do that myself. And, and I, I mean, I know these things, but it's something you have to work at. It's something you have to mentally think about. Okay. So then, so, you know, I'm focusing on a few people I'm not everybody in the room. Obviously you want to network with as many people as possible. However, that conversation is so important. And if you can remember something about that conversation, it's, it's even better. And, and so, you know, I'll say after, let's say after a half a day of meeting people at a conference, um, if I can, you know, initially it's harder, I can do it easier now mentally, but I may go to and text, I'll text myself. Okay. Or I'll do voice messages to myself about, about people. Oh, I just, you know, John such and such, you know, he has three kids. He lives in, you know, Chicago. Um, he, he wants to invest in real estate. He loves multifamily. He, you know, he's a doctor and he's looking to retire, whatever I can remember. I'll just like immediately jot that stuff down, you know, recorded through a voice message or something like that to myself, go to the bathroom. And, jo- you know, do that stuff there, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, just to kind of break away for just a few minutes and then and jot that stuff down, however you can jot it down. And I found like a voice memo to myself is about the easiest way. Okay. And so then when you get home, you can document these things. But now at the conference, if I can, 
or the night, let's say the first night when I get to the room, I'm going to lay out all my business cards that I've got from people and I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to send it to my assistant and I'm going to say, I need these uploaded as soon as possible. You know, and so hope, you know, and she knows that I'm at a conference and what, you know, the process that we're going to go through, but she's going to start working on uploading this. And there's actually an app where you can like pay 10 bucks a month now, I think. And there's actually like two people that will look at these photos and put these in for you. But, but, and I can't remember what it's called, but I've seen other people use it. But anyway, my assistants will, will put this in my CRM and then I'll tell them to tag all these people by the conference that we're at or something like that. And then so quickly. I can go back, let's say that Monday after I'm back and I can follow up with all those people and, and I could do a mass message or I could also just, uh, if, if you can make it personalized, obviously it's better because I have those notes and then I, you know, like that guy I can say, Oh, you know, John, it was a pleasure to meet you this weekend. You know, I hope you enjoyed the weekend with your kids and whatever was important to them. And that's why the questions you're asking during that conversation are so important. People love to hear themselves talk. So you know, if you can stop and just listen and just ask questions, like people immediately favor you because you're allowing them to talk about themselves and you're asking questions about them. But it's important that you list that you truly listen and that and so you can hopefully remember and then follow up mentioning something about that. Okay. And now, uh, I mean, the you know, obviously. Honestly, the tides have changed a little bit to this point to where more people were coming to me than me trying to go to them as much. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you know, so I, I don't ha- I don't know all this stuff about people now as much when they come to me, but th- but it's very different when people are coming to you as opposed to meeting somewhere like that, you know, when they're, they're coming to you because they, they potentially want to invest or want to get to know you. So that's different as well. Um, but so we send a follow-up email and ultimately I want to schedule a call with them. It was great to meet you. You know, I'd love to have another conversation and get to know you better or learn about your goals for this next year or something like that, but very short to the point. And I'll either, I'll put a link in there and say, you can use this link to schedule a call, or you can just let me some, know some times over the next few days that work for you and, and we'll make it happen. Just something like that. And then, and then just know that people that don't, that, you know, that don't schedule a call or don't reply. So in the CRM, I can see, you know, who's replied or who hasn't, or, you know, things like who's opened it or who has it. And then I'll try to follow up with that person, you know, or my assistant may follow up then. So I have a, a group of people who, you know, like even signed up on the website who have not got to talk to yet, you know, but we're continually following up with them, you know, saying, Hey, you know, it, it, even those like, Hey, you signed up on the website. I'm going to bug you now till I get to talk to you, <laughs> you know? So I mean, you did, yeah. you know, you came to me. And, but, and those are honestly the best ones. Um, but at a conference, same way, I'm going to put them in that bucket. So we follow up, we follow up, we follow up. My assistant now, we've built a better process now to where she's handling that. So like on a weekly basis, you know, she's following up and, and saying, Hey, you know, we'd love to get on a call with you. You know, thank you for signing up on the website or it was, it was great to meet you at that conference. You know, we'd love to, uh, Whitney would love to talk with you or something like that. And so, and hopefully, uh, you know, as soon as I get to talk with them, well, I take them out of that bucket or category and I put them over wherever they need to go, you know, whether they are a potential investor or whether they're, you know, somebody looking for coaching or training or something like that. Well, you know, or then they may just get our newsletter or some other educational stuff we may put out or something like that. So there is a system there, but then if they're, if they're a potential investor, well, then they may get different emails from us. You know, obviously then people that are, you know, looking for uh, more educational content or just getting our newsletter or something like that, or we just get on the call and I just help them with their thought leadership platform or help them, however I can and add value to them. And, and then we move on. 
Nice, nice. And you, you know, I think part of your, the, the engagement, the personal engagement when you're meeting people at conferences, especially, it gives a, an impression, an honest impression of uh, just, just a positive, it gives people a positive feeling so that when you say, you know, whatever value they need, whether they want to be an investor or they need some help with some other thing, I mean, as, I'm sure as long as it's not completely unreasonable, that you're willing to help people in further furthering toward their goals, whether it's connecting with somebody else or, you know, what have you, helping give me some th thoughts on their thought leadership platform uh, that, you know, as, as you've been so engaging in person, people get that um, a true feeling that you're being genuine and that they can, you know, take you for your word and all those great things that are, I'm sure, also true. But, um, you know, it gives, it, it gives people a good impression and they, they really remember that and it sticks with them in the future. Uh, but this process of follow-up is impressive and very important. Now, when your assistant is handling these tasks of emailing people and saying, you know, hey, Whitney still wants to talk to you and everything, she is emailing as herself. She's not saying, she's not kind of pretending to be you and saying, hey, you know, it's, you know, how you been? It's, you know, whatever. Is she using your own name or, or you know, the LifeBridge Capital team or, you know, what, what, is, what does she no, do that's there? A, that's a great question. And, yeah. and I struggled with that for a while. I'm like, no, wait, I don't, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with her pretending to be me. You know, whether it's on social media, I have another assistant that helps me with social media stuff. And, and we went through that as well. Like I'm not, um, you know, and they don't comment for me on social media, but they may message people through Facebook Messenger and that's through my account. But even, or another assistant that may send emails for me. And so but what I decided is that I never want there to be any question uh, that I'm deceiving someone or trying to in any way. So I decided that even on whether it's on Facebook Messenger or whether it's for, through my email account, I want that assistant to say, you know, this is such and such, uh, you know, acting on behalf of Whitney or, you know, or Whitney's assistant, you know, emailing on his behalf, you know, or something like that. Like it's going to be obvious that, that it's her sending the email for me or messaging somebody for me. And so, you know, they do, they'll say, this is such and such Whitney's assistant. He would really like to talk to you or whatever it may be, but I'm going to, I'm going to have them make it obvious that it's them. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you know, we've talked about virtual assistants on the show before, but you are, this is not your for, first foray into using virtual assistants in your business, something we talked about a few years ago uh, when we met. Can you tell us some of your techniques and strategies to get virtual assistants up to speed? Because, you know, my personal experience has been they can be very helpful, but they can also be extremely frustrating when you, you have one that's promising for a little while and then suddenly, you know, something goes wrong and they're just not doing it right. I mean, I had one, a virtual assistant helping me with this show, writing show notes. And then I discovered about probably five or six shows in that she had just plagiarized everything. And I, cause I really checked her work and I was like, oh man, I you can't get your money back. And I paid her all this money. And I was just like, man, this sucks. So, you know, what have some of your frustrations been and how have you worked to reduce those frustrations with virtual assistants in your business? Great question. And I, I would go back to 
like just knowing how to hire somebody to some extent and, and thinking about the process of hiring, even a VA or virtual assistant is a little different than maybe somebody that's going to be in your office, you know, every day. But I mean, you have to go back and think about what am I going to use them for? Okay. Is it, you know, do, if I needed someone to just edit audio for a podcast, well, that's a different hire than somebody that's going to be a full-time executive assistant. You know, so, you know, that person that's just editing audio, well, they're going to be, I'm going to share that one file with them or through Google Drive, most likely. And, and then they're going to know what to do. They're going to know the process, you know, their part in our process of doing things. And, and, you know, that's all they have access to. And they're just getting that done. Okay. As opposed to, let's say my executive assistant who has access to say my email or some social media stuff or other things, you know, uh, that are very confidential. Okay. Well, that person is a lot different hire, okay, than that other person that's just strictly a task or, you know, task oriented. So, you know, think about what am I going to use them for? Okay, well, and let's say this executive assistant, because um, you could use these same things for somebody that's task oriented, but the executive assistant, so when I hired her, or uh, numerous now, um, you know, I had, it's all about your job description and being very just, I mean, just laying it out there exactly what you're looking for. And I use Upwork. That's where I've had the most uh, success in finding uh, virtual assistants, but it's through using Upwork for having a very good job description. And I want to have some way for them to stand out. Okay. And usually uh, what I've done in the past, past couple of times now is in the, in the last paragraph in the middle, I won't elaborate on it, but I'll just say, if you're very interested in this position, send me a video application. Okay. And so the people that are very interested, you know, they're, they're going to do it. All mm -hmm. right. And then, and so the first time I did this, I had nobody send me one. Okay. I did it again. And then I actually had three or four people, you know, and so it helps me to eliminate people. It helps me to kind of get a feel for who they are, that they are willing to step out a little bit, you know, and it, but it, you know, whether the video is just awesome or not, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just the fact that they're willing to do it. So it allowed them to stand out. And I'm also going to make sure they provide a phone number. Okay. And email, things like that. But, but ultimately what I want to do then is I want to call them just at a, you know, like the next day or two, I'm just going to randomly call them. Okay. I'm going to call them. If they don't answer, I'm probably not going to leave a message. I want them to answer the phone. I may call back again later or see if they call me back, you know, or if they didn't, if they don't call me back, you know, within a day or so, I may call and leave a message and let them call me back and see how quick they call me back. But ultimately I want to see how they answer the phone. Were they professional? you know, when they didn't know who it was. And when I get to talk to them, you know, it's not, you know, it's not technically an interview, but it kind of is, you know, I want to see how organized they are. I'm going to ask them about, you know, hey, you know, want to schedule an interview with you. Uh, what about tomorrow at 3 p.m.? How organized are they? How do they handle answering your questions when they're kind of put on the spot? You know, then obviously then I'm going to schedule an interview through Zoom, just like this, if they're, you know, really far away. And then, you know, and so I can see them and I'm going to ask questions about them and, and not just about business or previous job experience. Obviously you want to know those things, but I want to know who they are. I want to know what they like to do for fun. I want to know about their family. I want to know what their spouse likes to do for fun. So you're giving them access to all these things. You better, you know, their computer is in their house. So other people that are in their house could possibly have access to your stuff as well. I want to know who their spouse is. I want to know what they do for work. I want to know what they like to do for fun. You know, what do you do on the weekends and, and just get to know them. And that's going to produce other questions that you're going to want to ask as well. So to get to your question though, about, about how to train them, well, again, it goes back to what you're, what you're wanting them to do. And if it's somebody, let's say, let's, you know, task oriented, well, that person's going to ultimately know how to edit audio better than I do. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm not even having to train them other than them understanding this is when I upload shows or this is what I'm doing in this process. And this is how I need you to do it or where to put the files or something simple like that. But if it's something like, okay, I need, I need my executive assistant to understand our CRM and how to function inside of that, then yeah, I may use something like loom and record a video of my screen. So it's L O O M it's free. And so, or I or may use Zoom, one or the other, but, uh, you know, and, and I'll either have her, a schedule a call with her and so, and I'll record it through Zoom. And then as she's asking questions too, that just makes the, the video that much better. But then we'll save that video. And then as she has questions, let's say two days later, she can go back and watch that video and she's not having to ask me questions. And then, she, you know, she can watch the video again or parts of it. Or let's say I hire somebody else. So guess what? I've got that video showing them how to do this one process so they can go find that video and, and watch that. Or I can even say, watch these four videos or 12 videos or whatever it may be, you know, but before we get started, like your first day working with me, before we ever do anything, I want you to watch these videos, you know, and, that, and they're going to be so much further ahead than, you know, after watching those, you know, they're going to have questions and we're going to go over stuff, but they're already going to have so much more understanding than if I just take all day or two days myself and show them, you know, manually, uh, one-on-one. So that's just one, one technique, you know, but, but ultimately after that, we use, we use a app called Voxer and we walkie talkie, um, you know, speak to one another through that. But then we also use Asana now and, and I'm, I'm getting into using Slack. There's some learning curves for me about using, getting really good at using Asana and Slack, which Asana is just a task management. Uh, but I can, I can see how that's really going to help our whole team uh, in Slack as well. Wow. So you have a lot of systems in place and a lot of technologies for managing that. I'm sure you've had negative experiences in you know, somebody, you spend a lot of time, get somebody in and uh, it just doesn't work out. How do you keep that from negatively affecting your willingness to use VAs and not just be like, I don't want to do this anymore, man. I'll just do this stuff myself. You know, how do you, what's your process there mentally? So you don't just be like, ah, forget this. That's a great question. And I hear that a lot when I'm talking about using VAs, people are like, well, you know, I just, they had that one bad experience and they're just like, I'm just going to do it myself. I don't trust somebody that's in the Philippines or even across the, you know, the country or a few States away that, you know, I just got to have them in person. Well, that's going to like that mindset is going to leave you in the, uh, behind. Okay. In the very near future, I was interviewing a guy who's, who promotes remote work in a big way uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about how in 10 years, like 50% of the working population, almost 50% is going to be remote work, you know? So that's going to change so much about the way we operate in the country. Even if it's like 30%, it's still going to be drastic, you know? Uh, and so a lot of people are going to be working remotely. So it's something you're going to have to adapt to, but ultimately myself, yes, I've had VAs, a couple specifically that just did not work out. And, and it was a mutual thing, either that they just didn't do the work, didn't show up, you know, I was like, okay, you know, so I'm obviously any access to anything, I, you know, they have at that point, I'm cutting off. Um, and, and ultimately, that was with a VA company that I was using that I was not thrilled with. And that's why I'd used Upwork for many hiring many people before this. And I thought, I'm going to try this, this VA company. And, and then I, you know, it didn't work out very well, honestly. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Upwork, manage the hiring process myself. And, and then I can hopefully get somebody that's a little more qualified. And I think too, you have to be willing to pay a little bit more for somebody that's that executive assistant, you know, that's going to have access to those things. So I want to hire 
clientele, you know, somebody that's a little more skilled, uh, you know, to do things for me in that role, uh, as opposed to something like editing podcasts that could even be paid per task. And so, but I know personally, you ask about my mindset behind it. I know personally that finding that person is not easy, but when I do and they get trained, like my life is so much easier. I'm going to perform so much better and not, you know, and then I can work on the, you know, the higher dollar tasks where they're getting the 10 to $20 hour tasks done. And I'm not even having to think about those things. Wow. That's really impressive as you know, we both, uh, we both used the same audio editor for a little while, for example, and it just didn't work out for, for very similar reasons. So it's, it's great to hear your thought process and, and I'm going to, you know, bring that into myself a little bit and, and keep working on that right now. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Whitney, I've got three questions. I ask every guest here at the end of the show. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Number one, what is the best investment you've ever made? I would say hiring um, a mentor. Okay, so we both have the same mentor. Was it Joe, somebody else? Was it all of them? And how did that help you move forward real quick? Yeah, up to this point, it's, it was Joe, uh, you know, up to this point. Because it was, you know, it was like jumping into a, you know, I was already in, in real estate to some degree, but not not anything like I am now, not even close. And so, you know, they just helped open my mind a little bit and gave me some confidence knowing I have somebody that I can ask questions of whenever I have a problem. I mean, ultimately, whenever I want, I can send him an email, somebody that's way ahead of me, ask a question. And then also, you know, have, you know, him just helping you have a game plan, you know, like how to move forward, you know, and how he's done it. And so that, that was, that really helped me mentally just as, you know, I, I was used to working 60, 80 hours a week, but it was more so at that point, like I'm running on a treadmill, not going anywhere, you know, just working really thinking that working really hard is going to get me somewhere. But ultimately then having a mentor or having somebody to help me think about what I'm doing and say, well, what about this? Or, you know, well, that that's, you know, why don't you try this instead of that? Like, that's a big deal. It is a game changer. So that, that's why, I mean, ultimately Joe up to this point, yeah, has been, has been a game changer, but just hiring a mentor. Nice. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment you ever made? I mean, if it had to be a property, I would say my very first one. Um, um, you know, I would say, uh, and it won't seem as big, but some of my, uh, the way I've spent all that time working, you know, uh, you know, outside of, I could have been spending with my family or I just wasn't as productive at first or didn't understand even how to use VAs or doing all these things myself. I would say that investment of my time was some of the worst investment, uh, you know, until I've learned how to be more productive and it's still a learning curve every day. Nice. Nice. Some of the, the worst investment was, uh, working hard and not working smart, I suppose. And that's right. Work, working hard and not working smart and hard, whatever you want to say. <laughs> That's nice. Right. Last one. It's my favorite question. What is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? The most important lesson. There's so many. I would say in the business, it's been uh, the importance of the, uh, the brand and, uh, and similar to what we talked about early on, but the, having the professionalism and the why behind what you're doing almost before you even start branding. Interesting. Interesting. And you've done a great job at that. You really, you're someone who, if I were to think of from my perspective, I, 
definitely consider us friends considering how long we've known each other and hung out a bunch and everything. Um, from my perspective, one of the things that you did great early on was you were fully committed to this. There was no like, ah, I'm not gonna, there was no waffling. I'm doing it. This is what's happening. And you've stuck strong with that and worked very hard. And, uh, in, in addition to your, you know, day job and, and all the other commitment family commitments and everything you, you really committed. And, you know, I commend you for that in addition to, to all the results, but the, the commitment came first. And, um, you know, I, I, I thank you for allowing me to watch that and, and learn from you by example, because, you know, Thick skulled people like me, we need to learn by <laughs> watching others be successful. So, thank you for that. No, my pleasure. And I and I would say it. Uh, you know, I, I spoke at a conference recently, and a big part of what I talked about was the commitment. And I'm glad you brought that up because I showed a guy, I showed a Navy SEAL that was jumping out of the back of an airplane with his flippers on, like he's planning to land in water. You know, and he, I mean, he is so committed to this, right? I mean, he's yeah. not halfway jumping out of that plane. Like it shows him thrusting out of that plane with his gear on with his flippers on like he is committed and if he is not committed he's putting other people's life on the line i mean it's that serious okay and when we started the syndication business we sold our house we sold our farm we sold like i had another business and that i was also like putting so many hours in and we sold everything Okay. Like I said, nope, you know, okay, this is it. We're going to push and do this. And so that was the level of commitment it took for me. And because I knew that if I didn't do those things, I would be tempted to go back to that other business. Even if it was part of the time, part time, I'd be tempted to go back and, you know, mess around in that a little bit. And that would take me away from this. And so it was just, we just cut all of that off completely. And, and I mean, it, you know, we just really felt strongly the Lord was leading us in that way. And, and we just said, okay, this is what's going to happen. We committed. And, and even to doing a daily podcast, that's been a massive commitment. It's taken tons of time. But I, but I knew, okay, let's, let's do it. We're going to figure it out. We had to build systems. We had to hire VAs, you know, all that stuff. But it was, it was a massive commitment. But I think if I, if I had halfway done it, I think if I personally did a weekly podcast, just my mentality, I would have tried to have done everything. I would have tried to have done the audio editing, the video, the show notes, all that stuff. I would have gotten really frustrated trying to learn how to do all that stuff, probably gotten really far behind, maybe even quit. And so taking even a bigger commitment to doing a, a seven day a week podcast, like it made me build the processes, build the team. So that way it allowed, I think ultimately it, outside of just having a seven day a week podcast to help me to be more successful personally, because I had to build those systems and processes in the team ahead of time. Wow. But it's that level of commitment. Wow. I can see that it's, uh, you know, doing two a week. I'm, I'm doing a lot of the tasks myself and, uh, it's, it's, it's a, the lower dollar per hour tasks taking away from the higher dollar per hour tasks. But, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate everything today and uh, you're going to be in Richmond soon. So hopefully you get a chance to uh, sit down for dinner and have a conversation. That's always, always a lot of fun. Always great to talk with you. If people want to learn more about you, more about your business, your podcast, all that stuff, where can they find out more? Go to lifebridgecapital.com. You can learn a lot about us there. And actually, our, our website's getting redone as we speak. So if you give me a few weeks, it's going to look a lot better. But, but you can connect with me there. You can email me, Whitney, at lifebridgecapital.com. You can call or text 540-585-4338. 
Nice, man. You already have a nice website. I'm not sure why you need to have it redone, but uh, maybe I'll ask you that offline. Constant improvement. Ah, constant improvement. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks once again for joining us this morning. I know you've got a full day of podcast interviews ahead of you. So uh, you know, thanks for, I, I think we might've been first. I don't know, but uh, thanks for joining us early. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned a lot today. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big help. If you know someone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Once again, I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.